and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. I'm your host, Sherry, and I've been through my own ups and downs with sobriety. And if you're listening to this, then you have taken the first step to making a change in your life and finding a community to help you through your sobriety. Now, let's go through this journey together. What's up, fam? Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Happy we've almost made it. Happy it's still not Friday, but here we are day. I hope that you're having an awesome week. I know that I am having a pretty good week, actually, um, all considering uh, both of my cars have decided to take a shit. So um, one worse than the other. The starter doesn't work in one, so obviously that one's a little worse off. Um, And the other one needs ball bearings. But we are driving that one on a prayer right now, just till the starter gets finished. I love how when it rains, it pours. It's absolutely, (laughs) it's, yeah, it definitely rains when it pours. Ah, but that's not what we're going to be talking about today. We are not going to be talking about how to stay positive through a bad situation and what the program does for us and gives us the tools because we already know all that stuff. And of course, we'll come back to it at some, but that being said, I would like to discuss with you At this point, the cunning and baffling part of alcoholism. It says in the big book that alcoholism is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And we already know that. We already know that the disease of alcoholism is extremely... We know that it can come into play when we're not expecting it. We know that if we let our guard down, it can just pop up. Um, A lot of old timers have said, you know, while I'm in here doing a meeting... It's um, out there in the parking lot doing push-ups. So, you know, it is cunning and it is powerful because that drive to take the drink, that drive to, you know, cure everything with alcohol or drugs, whatever your choice is, it can be extremely powerful. Um, luckily I am at the point where I do know that if I take a drink, it's really not going to help me. It's only going to hurt me. So there's really no point in even messing with it. (laughs) But the baffling part, right? The baffling part is what's getting me right now because I've been asked to do, um, with some gals, um, from Sober City Movement, which is on Instagram, And we are from all over the country and we're trying to make sobriety a movement, (laughs) but not like a, pardon me, not like a fashionable movement. It's just a, hey, we're here, we're women, we're strong, and we're sober. Um, Groovy reached out to us, which is a non-alcoholic company, and they wanted us to do a reel and a couple of posts for them. And so I was doing that today. I was making my reel for Alex and I sent it to her and I took a drink of the Groovy and it was a rosé. I'm not normally a huge rosé person per se. Really, I like red wine. Um, I don't really like anything that's bubbly or carbonated um, overall, minus my (laughs) Coca-Cola. So when it comes to those kinds of drinks, I don't typically look for um, anything bubbly or sparkly or anything like that. So the taste was actually really good. It was really crisp. Um, For me, 
Um, it was not really a trigger at all. And when I say it was not really a trigger, I didn't take time to allow myself to really get into the drink all that much. I did it for the real and then I took a picture with it. I did take a sip of it, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be able to tell you what it's like. And then I put it down because I had to move on to the next thing because I have a nonprofit. I have this podcast. I have a big girl job. So I really kind of have to just move on to the next thing. But I do want to sit down with my non-alcoholic wine at some point and try it, ingest it, and let it sit. And it got me thinking as I was doing the reel, as I was doing the product ad and posting everything and looking at everything, just kind of for the five minutes I was in it, you know, I thought to myself, what if this does taste the same? What if this product actually has alcohol in it what if this is a facade what if this is like all these things run through my brain right and my sponsor is fine with me doing it you know she you know she explained to me that you know if unless you're gonna have a triggering effect or if you trigger it all you know you know that you need to stop and that got me thinking about the baffling part of alcoholism and the baffling part is we know that we need to stop drinking alcohol forever, right? And when we say forever, we mean over the entirety of a period of time for the rest of our lives. But forever, we can't look at it that way. We have to do it one day at a time. Um, but it's impossible. It's hard. It's not impossible. It's hard. Um, for some, it's impossible, actually. Um, the utter inability to leave it alone. No matter how great the necessity or the wish, right? No matter how much we want to leave it alone, we just can't. And that is so like frustrating to me because it brings me back to when I first got into AA and you know, why does my brain when I ingest alcohol do something completely different than somebody else's? Why when I drink it or am around it, do I feel the need to consume it at a rate which is bigger than anybody else? You know, I used to think it was cool and I see people on Twitter, on Instagram, TikTok, you know, bragging about drinking people under the table or how cool they look when they can out drink someone. And I think to myself, <clears throat> God, did I really look that stupid? And the answer is probably yes. Probably yes, I did look that stupid. And those people also look that stupid because drinking better than somebody, faster than somebody, longer than somebody is not truly an accomplishment I really want to be known for. And I feel bad for the people who do, even if they think it's fun, even if they think it's something to be proud of. It really isn't. <laughs> And so, but at the same time, even if I'm not trying to rush through, even if I'm not trying to rush through a drink or beat someone or drink someone under the table or get drunk enough that I have a good time and relax and I can be around people, you know, I hate the fact that my brain doesn't allow me to sit on the couch and have a beer every now and then. I don't think having a beer every night after work is necessary. 
Um, I don't think having a glass of wine after work is necessary. I do feel like if you absolutely have to have it every single night and you can't take it or leave it, that's an issue. Um, I do have a kind of a preconceived notion that if you get home from work and your first thought is, oh my god, I need a beer, you should probably look into that. Um, maybe you should say, oh my god, I need yoga. I don't know. Um, maybe there are no problems and you can have a beer and that's it or a glass of wine and that's it. But I don't want one every single night. I don't need one every single night. But I do wish and wonder why my brain won't let me have one every now and then. And that for me is the baffling part. You know, I I want to say that it's a trauma response. I want to say that for me as an individual, my disease is not genetic, not um, biological, but a necessity out of trauma, right? So then if I'm not in a trauma response, drinking really shouldn't be that big of a deal. But that's not how it works, right? We know because there's doctors and scientists that say so, that we actually do have a chemical imbalance in our brain. And that makes sense. I have anxiety. I have chronic depression. Um, earlier today, I got into like a three-minute argument with my spouse. And of course, after that, I was really depressed and frustrated. And I had to really kind of just take two minutes and put myself into a different position. Um, we're in marriage counseling and that kind of helps with me thinking about different perspectives. And so I had to put myself into a different perspective and, um, you know, it, it helped obviously, but being able to put myself into a different perspective is something that when it comes to alcohol, I have to do on a constant basis, right? They tell us that our alcoholism is a disease of perception. And I understand that <laughs> because I perceive that I'm not sick. <laughs> I perceive that alcohol really isn't an issue. It's my body. And it is my body in a way, but alcohol is also very intact into that part of my issues. The definition of perception is the ability to hear, see, or become aware of something through the senses. So, of course, alcoholism is obviously a disease of perception because we perceive that there are no issues with us. We perceive that everybody else is the problem, right? Our interpretation of what seems to be happening and going on is that... We like to drink and we like to have fun and everybody else is a pain in the ass. And so when we are trying to get sober and we're in our sobriety, it really is baffling why we have a problem with alcohol. Why our brains work the way they do. I really get very frustrated with myself sometimes because I'm you know, 12 and a half years sober now. And God, that's so weird to me to say that. Um, 12 and a half years sober now. And there are still days that I wonder why I can't drink. And then of course, I have to reach out to someone and say, why can't I drink? And then they tell me why and then everything gets a little bit better. 
But there are so many times where <clears throat> I've caught myself actually going to games, uh, baseball games, really sporting events, um, Sunday afternoon watching sports. Sports seems to be it for me, which is weird because sports keeps me from wanting to relapse. Um, it's a conception of time for me. If I can make it through this amount of time sober, then that's what I do. Um, so, you know, it really is interesting to me why the biggest thing for me is why can't I go, you know, to a game and have just one drink? Well, the reason I can't is, yes, I'm an alcoholic, right? Duh. Like, that's why we're here. That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> it's alcoholism and my issues. But the reason I can't just have one drink is because once I have that one drink, I want more. And then after I have that one, I want even more. And so it really isn't that baffling to me that I am an alcoholic because I do want more. I want more all the time. I want more of how I feel in that moment. I want more of that release. I want more of that um, inability to be scared or have anxiety. I want more of what alcohol did for me. In that aspect and saying that now, I have those things. I do. I have the inability or I have the ability now to work through my anxiety. I have the ability now to be around people. I have the ability to do my job, to parent. All those things I wanted to do when I was drinking are happening to me now. And so I hate the fact that my brain's just like, oh, well, if we're doing so well, what would one drink hurt? Well, we know that it's not just one drink. We know that it's not just really <laughs> a 12-ounce beer or an 8-ounce glass of wine. We know that it's once we're done with that, we want more. And more for us is a deadly road. More for us is scary. More for us is not going to end well. And the more we allow ourselves to sink into that manner of thinking, the more dangerous more becomes and alcoholism becomes. And that's the part that is powerful. That if you allow yourself to sit in it long enough and rationalize that you can have one or you think you can try again or who's it really going to hurt... That's when the powerful comes in, right? The cunning comes in. And pretty soon, you've relapsed in your head. Pretty soon, you're at the point where we've chalked it up to we're just a bunch of weenies and just take the drink. Because that's how powerful and cunning this disease is. That's how sly it is. Um, <clears throat> and so, we've chalked it up to, okay, it's just our fear and it's just a bottle of alcohol, so it's really not that big of a deal. I'll have one, and I'll quit, but it doesn't work that way. And so once you've gotten to the point where it's taken over your body, it's taken over your brain, you're close to relapse. And that is a very real 
and scary issue. And if you think that because you're thinking about it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Well, I'm just thinking about it. Well, that's great. Like, I think about a lot of things all day long that I shouldn't do. Because if I do them, they're either going to put me in jail. They're going to hurt me or someone else. Um, I could lose my job. I could lose my spouse, my child. There's lots of things that I think about throughout the day that I don't do because I don't want the consequences of those actions. And so thinking about it, sure, might be harmless, whatever. But at the same time, thinking also gets us somewhere. Thinking also allows us to justify thoughts. Thinking allows us to really get ourselves to that point where, well, it's okay. It's not okay. And that is one part of alcoholism that you have to be really well aware of. Have you ever seen that t-shirt? I've seen it plenty of times on Instagram, actually. That says, hold on, let me overthink this. That is like the epitome of everything that I am. And I really try not to overthink everything, but there are just certain times that you really feel like you need to overthink everything because... (laughs) You're looking for that justification or that answer. So what do we do when we get to this point? Well, we reach out to our sponsor. We go to a meeting. We do all the things that I tell you we need to do in order to quit thinking. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, that I sound like a broken record, and I am. Because right now at this point, I'm still wondering. I'm still thinking. I'm still curious. And I'm curious about what would happen if I were to continue on this journey with Groovy and continue to consume non-alcoholic drinks, is that going to be a gateway for me? I don't know. And I want to find out. I want to not drink alcohol. What I'm saying when I want to find out is I want to allow myself the opportunity to try these and see if I put myself in a position in my brain where... I think, oh, this isn't that bad. Maybe I can have alcohol. Or will it go the other way and be, oh, wow, this is what it would taste like without alcohol. This is really good. I can still do my job. I can still function as an adult. I can still be a good wife, a good mom. I can still be a good employee and still enjoy the taste of this. Because when we are drinking, isn't it always people who don't drink or like, oh, it tastes so good. And then there's us alcoholics who are three beers in and we don't even let it touch our tongue, right? We're we're guzzling these things all the way, (laughs) all the way down. And we rarely, rarely taste anything. And that's because we're not really trying to consume alcohol for anything other than healing, right? So maybe this will give me a new opportunity to try something different and taste it. I do notice that with my alcoholism that I have certainly quite calmed down in the aspect that I do take more time to appreciate things. I do take more time to recognize things, ingest things, soak things in, and have gratitude for those things. So I'm really hoping that this journey with this non-alcoholic company 
will afford me the same thing. But I'll be honest with you guys, like I'm scared and I have no reason to hide that from anybody, right? I really, I really don't have a reason to hide that from you guys because if I were to hide that from you and just be like, oh, this company's great. You should try their non-alcoholic liquor or well, it's not even liquor. They're non-alcoholic drinks. And then I let you down by not telling you, oh, but by the way, this could trigger you, this could bother you, this could hurt you, upset you, then I would not be doing my my job. I would not be doing my 11th and 12th step to make sure that I carry the message to you. There are people that can have this and have no issues. I do know that they also have a beer. They don't have wines either. And as someone who doesn't really like beer, I'm still kind of curious what it tastes like, so I might get it. Um, just to try it. I know they've got like IPAs and some juices and stuff like that. So I do want to try those things. But then I wonder, do I actually need them? Do I need to have a beer when I'm watching a game? Do I need to have that non-alcoholic wine? You know, if I'm not healing and if I'm not traumatized and if I'm not trying to douse away my worries do I need any kind of wine or beer at all or am I fine with my coffee and my coca-cola and that's something that I wonder about sure it's awesome to have wine sure it's awesome to have beer that are non-alcoholic but do I actually need them is there something about that beer or that wine that is so different from my Coca-Cola that I will actually enjoy it. And see where the overthinking comes in? This is, <laughs> this is a perfect example. But this is why it's so important to just not jump into something. This is why it's so important to just kind of sit and think. Because our sobriety is all we have. And it's all we have for today it's all we have for right now. We can't live off of yesterday's sobriety and we can't think about tomorrow. So we can only do what we can do today. And so I do wonder, do I need that wine? Do I need that beer? And I figure for the time being, while it's free and it's being promoted to me, as long as I promote them back, that it might not hurt to actually try you know, I don't think this is something I would have gone out and bought had I not had the opportunity to um, do a commercial or a reel for them, real commercial, whatever you want to say. Um, because I don't know if that's something that I would have thought was a good idea. So I really love the opportunity to be presented with new things. I really love trying new things, doing new things. I feel like that's something that we're always doing is learning and I want to continue to learn and I want to continue to grow. And if it can help you, that's more or less what I really want to do is be able to help you. I want to be able to help you in your journey with your alcoholism, with your sobriety, with what you're going through. And if I can give you a happy, healthy alternative because you love wine or you love beer and your perception is right now that you just don't want to give up the taste of beer because you think that's what it is, then I would absolutely love this opportunity to explore this company, explore these 
other things that are out there so that you know there is a safe alternative. Just because I don't drink it or subscribe to it doesn't mean you don't have to. It's kind of like the Pepsi Coca-Cola argument, right? There's a lot of us out there that are smart that like Coca-Cola and then there's the rest of you that like Pepsi. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're all smart. But really, Coca-Cola is better than Pepsi. It doesn't taste like drinking syrup. So, you know, just because someone likes one drink or wants one drink doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make them anything but, you know, who they are. And we can't judge people for that. So if we can find a safe, good alternative to alcohol and it can fulfill your taste buds and make you feel good, then I'd like that opportunity. And so you're going to go on this journey with me over the next few weeks, and we're going to give this a shot right now. If you go and look at my social media, I have two. There's a um, dry white wine, which I am never a huge fan of, but I'm going to try it because um, these don't have alcohol in them, so I don't know what they taste like without alcohol. I did try the rosé earlier today and it was pretty good. Um, it was kind of like a sparkling wine. I actually think it says that it's sparkling on the bottle as well. It came in a glass bottle with all these really cute stickers and stuff. And I, I really like the company. They really are trying to do things to improve um, people's lives. And there's people not even in sobriety who are just alcohol-free as a lifestyle choice um, that want to um, not have to worry about alcohol either. And yes, this is a bubbly rosé. So it's not a straight rosé, it's a bubbly rosé. So I'm kind of curious what it would be like as a straight rosé because I don't particularly like the bubbles, but we're going to give it a shot. Um, we're going to drink it and we're going to go through this process together. And I am really excited. I'm here for you. And now if you ask me to go put on a flak jacket and take bullets, I'm probably not going to do that. So trying non-alcoholic liquors or non-alcoholic drinks are probably going to be your best option for right now. But that being said, I really do want you guys to know that it's okay sometimes to remember that this disease is powerful, cunning, and baffling. And it's okay to get stuck on the baffling sometimes. Because if we weren't thinking, if we weren't asking the questions, we wouldn't get the answers. If we weren't curious about certain things in our lives, we wouldn't have the opportunity to learn. And that's all that this is, is an opportunity to learn. And so we are going to learn together. We are going to grow together. And I really am excited and I hope that you are willing to go on this ride with me as we try something new. I am so glad that you guys are here with me. I am so glad that we are on a journey together and if there's anything that you need, please reach out to me. That being said, our attitude of gratitude is always, always important. And my attitude of gratitude goes towards my mechanic, my new mechanic, Greg. And Greg is located off Hull Street and Courthouse Road. 
I'm sorry, Hall Street and Genito. Hall Street and Genito is where Greg's garage is located. And he is our new mechanic. He is an amazing man. He goes out of his way for the community. He helped us when we were in a pinch. And now our car is over there waiting to be loved on by him and get a new starter. So thank you, Greg, for everything that you've done for us over the past week. Thank you for being kind and loving and supportive and willing to go above and beyond to help someone that you didn't know. You really have made a huge difference in our lives the past week and you've really shown me that there are people out there that are caring and want to help. You just have to be willing to ask. You have to be willing to put yourself out on a limb. So I hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. Make sure that you do something to take care of yourself. Make sure that you do something special for yourself because you are very special. And until next time, fam, be well. Thank you for joining us on a Sober Girls podcast where we get together to talk about each other's experience, strength, and hope. I hope that today's episode was something that you needed to hear today, something that you can carry with you. I really look forward to our time together. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at a Sober Girls Pod. Also, you can check us out on Twitter at a Sober Girls Pod and our website at a Sober Girls Podcast. Till next time, be well, fam. <laughs>